Good evening to everyone out there. Happy November 1st already, man. Already November. We're getting close to Christmas. Can you guys believe it? <laughs> Bro, my gym already has Christmas trees up. Oh I walked in God. today and there's a Christmas tree. I'm like, bro, it was Halloween just yesterday. How are we? How? Yeah, time's flying. Time's flying. Oh, man, winter's coming, boys. <laughs> Winter is here for those of us just north of the border, unfortunately. So if you're listening from Canada, don't forget to dress up warm. Oh. But, uh, we, we should definitely kick it off. I love to banter a little bit, but there is a lot to talk about this weekend uh, when it comes to the Premier League, uh, Serie A, and obviously now with everything going on with Tottenham, which kind of took us all a bit by surprise this morning, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So I'll give it to Alex. I mean, it was it was a surprise weekend altogether for Premier Leagues, and he's the Premier League pro between the two of us. So uh, have at it, man. All right. What's happening, boys and girls, obviously? So basically, this weekend, we had a bunch of upsets. We had a bunch of just wins that weren't deserved, a bunch of crap that happened. So essentially, I'll start off with probably the boring game out of the rest. I'm going to talk about the Arsenal-Leicester game. 2-0 Arsenal. If it wasn't for uh, Ramsdale, no way would Arsenal have won this game. I think they had it. Leicester City has an XG expected goals of 2.0. Madison's free kick from outside the box was perfect, and Ramsdale just saved it. And then there was another brilliant save at some point. How Arsenal came up with the win, I have no idea. Ramsdale has changed his team. Now they're looking at the tie. Uh, now I'm pretty sure they're seven. Yeah, they're six ties with Man, Man United. All you Man United fans that are laughing at Arsenal. <laughs> have fun. Secondly, Liverpool Brighton surprise here two two. Uh, I mean, if you watch EPL, shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Brighton is a very solid team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look at the table. I mean, yes, they're eighth, but uh, they're still a very solid team. Uh, I like them. 2-2 draw. Uh, first half, 2-0 Liverpool. They deserve the lead. Second half came in. I don't know what happened. They just crumbled. Brighton scored two goals in the second half. So it was a deserved 2-2. I mean, first half was Liverpool. Second half was Brighton. Deserved draw 2-2. Uh, Chelsea, Newcastle. have nothing much to say. Reese James is the best right back in the league. Uh, you can uh, league. I'll say probably the world. That's just just I mean, at, at this point, yeah. <laughs> the guy's insane. Jorginho taking the penalty. I wanted James to take it, but look, Jorginho wanted it. Reese James came, told him to take it. Respect, brother. <laughs> and three zero, well deserved. Chelsea just being Chelsea. We're winning the title. I don't care what people say. And now. The biggest game of the weekend, the biggest surprise, Crystal Palace against Man mm-hmm. City at the Etihad Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That red card and everything threw that game out of whack, man. That red card. I mean, Crystal Palace did score in the fifth or sixth minute, I'm pretty sure, with Wilfred Zaha with an excellent, sh- precise shot on the far side low. It was in, It was a nice goal. Connor Gallagher, a Chelsea boy, assisted <laughs> that. And then for the second, and then Laporte, Wilfred Zaha was, was, I don't know how to say, he didn't really have the ball, but it was kind of like an obvious goal chant. It was a very, very, very weird situation, which led Laporte to get a red card in the first half. 
Then Crystal Palace held on. Man City were attacking. They, I wouldn't say they played bad necessarily. They played pretty well. They, they played well. Yeah, all things considered. I, I, yeah, I have to give it to them. It's obvi- it, was, it was obviously not Man City. You know, Man City usually, I think, on a regular day, they would blow out this Crystal Palace team 3-4-0 mm-hmm. circumstances. But Crystal Palace ended up scoring their second with Connor Gallagher in the second half in the 85th minute approximately. Uh, Connor Gallagher was an absolute star. He, <laughs> from tackling, from passing, from dribbling, he did everything. Very impressed. He's one of ours. Uh, who knows what's going to happen next year when we bring it back from loan. It's going to be absolutely insane with that midfield. And now, the I'm pretty sure this is the biggest game that people had the most eyes on was the Man U-Tottenham game. Yeah, got it. 3-0 Man U. I was listening to the pundits that were saying how Man United played very well, blah, blah, blah. I personally think it was more just a Spurs. Just They, they just imploded. It just, they had nothing. Harry yeah. Kane, Harry Kane could have honestly been on the bench. Wouldn't even realize. He did zero this game. He was no, the problem with Kane is, for some reason, he's dropping too deep nowadays, which I think it's because he's not really into, because Harry Kane, as soon as a ball gets delivered in a six-yard box, you know he's there usually. Yeah. This game, there was a couple of crosses in. It was just for some reason, it's just he wasn't there. He was he had he didn't he doesn't have the heart as he did previous years, as we can all tell. We know was, he doesn't want to be there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's obvious when you have Man City coming for you. I mean, who would want to stay with Spurs that haven't won a title in what since I was born? Well, I, think, I mean, they definitely. I think they've only have one trophy under this management, right? Under this like, in like seven? decades, I think they only have one uh, actual trophy. Yeah. The Audi Cup, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was <laughs> one of those like... irrelevant ones, unfortunately. <laughs> Man U changed their system. They played a five in the back or a three in the back, theoretically, with uh, Lindelof, Varane, and Maguire. Maguire, I mean, they had nothing to do. But, I mean, you can't really say anything about the defense. They had nothing to do. Ronaldo with an absolute beauty of a goal, as usual. Uh, well, his, his, his one that was called offside, like oh. it, it may not count, but it has to be one of it, probably the nicest goal so far in the season, even if it doesn't count. That was just rocket, bro. That's that's Ronaldo for you. Like, Ronaldo, that's what he gets you. He gets you those types of goals. The goal he scored again, the goal he scored with that volley from Bruno Fernandez. Oh my god, yeah. I, I honestly think there's maybe. Two or three people on this earth that can finish that. And to me, that's Salah. Salah's just the best player in the world right now on yeah. form. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about obviously Ronaldo. Obviously, Ronaldo would finish that. And maybe I'll say Haaland, Erling Haaland, because he's to me the most clinical finisher in the world. Haaland, I mean, you can't really, or even Lewandowski can be in there. So I'll put four people. But exceptional goal. Marcus Rashford scored while getting subbed in. Yeah. They put a two-striker formation on top with Cavani and Ronaldo, which I really liked. Uh, they they play they played they played pretty well, but I think it's more of a disaster class from Spurs. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, it's I mean, obviously for the Man U fans, it's cool for the first weekend in a while. We don't shit on them, so I'm sure they're happy. But uh, <laughs> I think it was just Tottenham completely imploded. 
mm-hmm. sure it was three nothing, but they really didn't kind of blow my skirt up when I was watching them. I mean, mm-hmm. this is to me, this is just a blip in the radar. I think it's still going to be a very tough and long season for them. Yeah. Uh, but power to them. I mean, obviously those three points are huge, uh, well needed, but I'm still not very convinced about the team as a whole right now. Oh, there's no way. They they were not convincing whatsoever. They people the pundits are talking like if they dominated the game, which they did not dominate the game at all. Did they did they stop Spurs from getting uh, creating any chances? Sure, but that's yeah, the sure. point of a five back. That's the whole point. That's it. That's but, that's why we even use it in pro clubs. Like it's to stop well, everything in your tracks. Like if if putting those five at the back doesn't work, then you should just fire everyone. Yeah. Like just dump everyone at that point. You know what I mean? I mean yeah okay good job they brought in the goals good job 3-0 against somewhat of a rival which i don't know why spurs is considered a rival but anyways that's, i have no idea either that's that's another debate that's that's off uh i just want to make a quick 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 shout out to west ham united what a team what a team, what yeah. A team. yeah david moyes has absolutely david moyes i remember uh, pretty sure last year uh, two years ago when he joined, they were about to get relegated. They were in relegation zone. Brendan yeah. Moyes, last year, last year they finished, I'm pretty sure, fifth or sixth. They finished sixth. And this year, fourth place, and it's well-deserved fourth mm-hmm. place. This team is scary. This Declan Rice kid, I I love. I watched him this weekend. I love him. They scored four goals this weekend without Antonio. <laughs> Antonio, yeah. didn't, he was on the field, but he didn't end up scoring, which is very impressive. It's it's pretty huge. I do have to agree. I think David Moyes is one of definitely one of the most underappreciated coaches. It's a shame he didn't make it work at Man United because I mean he was theoretically taught by Fergie himself. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't work. But I have always loved him as a manager, and uh, you know, on the point of West Ham, I'm sure fans are kind of excited right now because obviously there's a lot of talk of. This billionaire owner coming in. Uh, it's also the owner of Sparta Prague, I believe. So uh, right I'm now, sure. yeah, he right now he is uh, buying in. I believe it was twenty-seven or twenty-eight percent of the team, and everyone essentially expects him to eventually buy out the team as a whole. So uh, there might be another club in the billionaires fanboy area. So let's see where that goes. But but I agree, West Ham deserves so much plaudit for where they are. David Moyes. Tip of the hat. I mean, like you said, I remember when they were almost relegated. He saved yeah. them, and they didn't just get progressively better. They got stupidly better. Oh, they're insane. Declan Rice is probably the best. I would say probably the best central defensive mid. Maybe not in the world. Uh, he's he's got to be up there within the league. 100%. He's, this kid is exceptional. But anyways, I just wanted to make a quick little... Side note, because I was very impressed by West Ham. Yes, okay, Aston Villa is not the best team. I get it. They got a red card. I get it. It's just, it's every week I watch them. I, and so is, I'm just, I'm falling in love with this team. And I, I'm i very impressed. I, I like what Moyes is doing. But but you see, that's the thing, right? So people, yeah, will use this use, I, that's Aston Villa, they had a red card. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, West Ham, mm-hmm. to me, is more of a convincing team and better built and coached team right now than man united like that's just that's just facts and you so, can tell that's it so people can use the whole uh, i was asking Villa, they were man down doesn't matter they looked great they looked convincing they worked their socks off to me they are very much 
I would say on the right track, but I think they're well past that point right now. But they're, I mean, would they win the league? No, but uh, for them, a top a top four finish is yeah, probably be. that's better than winning the league for a team like that. They're not even. I'm pretty sure two years ago they were, just being mid table was satisfying enough. Now if now they're in the top four battle, and I honestly can see them finishing top four. I mean, it's gonna be tough. Manu, Arsenal. Yes, as much as we're shitting on them, they still are top four, quote unquote level because the top yeah. is very effy right now. But the thing but is, I mean, with Tottenham imploding, and who knows what's going on with you know managerial wise. Mm-hmm. It is technically possible. Yeah, I as, mean, as yeah. trash as Tottenham are, I mean, they are technically one of those guaranteed top four or five teams. So taking them out of the equation and West Ham can definitely step up. It's possible, man. You can we can see them in the Champions League next year. Oh, hundred percent. And I would not be disappointed to see that West oh, Ham. hundred percent. Respect, mad respect. Another. I mean, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be saying this thing because it's technically a London rivalry. But I mean, hey. Gotta gotta get credit. So at the end of the weekend, we are ending with Chelsea on the top with 25 points. There My boys, respect. And then we have the invincible Liverpool with 22 points. So there is a three-point gap between first and second, which is mm-hmm. I think huge. This weekend it has been huge for this title race. Which, yes, it's in the beginning, I get it, but people don't understand that at the end of the season. When you're battling with one, two points, these games are the most important. Uh, these games come into the calculate. We got three points. Liverpool dropped two. Man mm-hmm. City dropped three. Yeah, exactly. So it's huge. Yeah. yeah. But that's it. You've got to capitalize have... on these moments. And you guys did 100%. It was perfect. This team, this Chelsea, I just... We'll do this quickly because I don't want to go too long. Chelsea, if this was last year, two years ago, we wouldn't have won this game. Chelsea, it's now we wouldn't have won these games, but there's two or three games that I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have won because we just would never have that. I mean, I'm saying clinical finisher, but literally all our goals are coming from defenders, which mm-hmm. I have no problem with. No, I was going to say, you I'll take them wherever stats. you can get. Yeah, I was seeing stats. <laughs> Reese James and Ben Chilwell have more league goals than <laughs> than Martial and uh, not Martial and Mbappe and uh, Messi. And I was just like, bro, come on. Yeah, that's a pretty this? sick stat to be honest. Oh, good. I'm like, that's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I mean, it's yeah. great because when you can count on other players instead of just your typical, you know, let's say Lukaku, it makes mm-hmm. a difference, right? Because I'm now, as honest. as an opposing team, I have no idea where the hell these goals are going to come from. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're so Chelsea are so imposing with their wingback system that it's just, it's it's a Conte 2.0. At this point, we can all say Tuchel has copied Conte and it's, it's working. honestly, look, in the beginning last year, everybody was like, oh, three in the back. Who the fuck plays three in the back? Now every team's starting to play three in the back. That- like a Manu, Manu and I start playing three in the back. Man City played one game three in the back. I'm pretty sure against Liverpool. And... If I remember straight, they ended up winning that game. And the thing, the team, thing is, is that it, it it's tough though. Eh? Like changing to a back three mean? man as a center back. Of course, like the dynamics of, course. of what you're used to are like one one eighty man. Yeah, but it also puts less pressure on that defender. Which honestly, let's say Rudiger, Rudiger in a four back, he was good. But now in a three-back, he's become probably one of the best 
center backs in the league, if not the best center back. I don't think so, but one of the best center backs in the league. But, but which for, is them, for them, it's also easy, right? I mean, he's used to it under yeah. Conte. He, he drilled that into their mind. And like you yeah. said, it, it is theoretically, at this point, uh, Conte 2.0, which is not bad on any level. It's just going to benefit you guys. I mean, the team that yeah. you have now, obviously there were a lot of changes, but the whole 3-5-2 factor stuck around even when Conte wasn't around. Like to me, I think three five two is the greatest system ever. I've been a huge fan of it since before FIFA when PES was still known as winning eleven. I was using three five two. I think it is the ultimate balanced formation. I mean you if, could become five at the back in no time and you can become four at the front in no time. That's the thing. In possessions one thing, out of possessions another, and it's just quick and it's literally just your wingbacks going up and down. The wingbacks are the most important part of the system. Yep. And we've seen it now. Reese James is Reese James is everywhere. Ben Chua, I think, has four goals in five games. Reese James has, I mean, I'm going to be kind of bold. Kind of bold. He has two, ga- two goals in one game, which is really good for a wingback. Back in the day, Marcos Alonso stud with Conte. Yeah. Oh Moses, God, yeah. That came out of nowhere. Victor Moses, out of nowhere. One of the best wingbacks in the... So you can see the trend of a three-five-two or a let's see a three-four-two-one, whichever system. Yeah, three-four-three kind of deal. Your biggest player, the people that benefit the most out of these systems are attacking-minded wingbacks, mm-hmm. which is I have no problem with. Look, we're scoring, we're winning, best goal differential, second most goals in the league. We I'm haven't conceded, <laughs> we haven't we haven't conceded. An open play goal till now this season, which is retarded. It's it's pretty, yeah. It's it's. I mean, in ten games, three goals against, and one of them was a most. One of them was a Reese James penalty. It was a penalty, and then I'm pretty sure it was a free kick, and then a corner. Oh no, penalty, penalty. I want to say corner, the last one, but I mean, look, it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> At this rate, we're going at a rate that will concede about, let's say, 11 goals, which well, is... It's, it's funny that you kind of bring this up because at one point, and I forgot to tell you about it, I mean, it was like two or three weeks ago where they ultimately put you guys into a, one of those you know, computer simulators and all that yeah. crap where they kind of simulate everything. Okay, mm-hmm. so the system says that you guys are going to win. Like, yeah. You guys well, are going to take the league very comfortably. Yeah. But what was shocking and really hilarious is that the the system, okay, because now we're talking about how solid your defense is. The system said mm-hmm. that you would concede only one more goal all season. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, that's not going to happen. But like, that's a, a, the record's fifteen by us in two thousand. I want to say two thousand four, two thousand five, with the insane Jose Mourinho, John Terry, like mm-hmm. with fifteen goals all season. Can we beat it? I'll be if we can beat that. I'll be crazy. I mean, we'll I mean, defenses win championships, man. Uh, as much as anything yeah. else, right? It's well, same across yeah. all sports. Yeah, it's it's what literally last year. What Kansas, uh, not Kansas City. What made the Bucks win their defense last year with how they in they just dominated, bum rushed. Yeah, case yeah, the game. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was literally as soon as he would get the snap, he was, he was he was start running around. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly what it was. Tyreek and Kelsey did drop two, three easy catches, but I mean, we won't talk about that. But it's just, <laughs> anyways, anyways, I don't want to get 
Let, let's stay out on of this it? football. Let's stay yeah. on this football. <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about the EPL for about 20 minutes. Time to talk about City. We're now, moving on to City. So, yeah. yeah. Alex, and this is you. where you come up, my guy. Uh, it's my time to shine. My time to shine. It's your time to shine. Let's go, buddy. Let's but it see was, what on, Honestly, it was a very entertaining weekend for La Serie uh, I mean, one of our highlight games, Atlanta versus Lazio on the 2-2, completely lived up to the building. I thought it was a phenomenal game. Hmm. Uh, Lazio, I th- Atlanta and Lazio are definitely going to finish in the top four, I think. Uh, they're showing okay. amazing credentials. Atlanta still as strong as ever. Lazio is hitting the ground running with Saribal way faster than I was expecting. Uh, power to them they're looking fantastic and even though they lost Korea they're still very very solid uh, very free-flowing very like a, these games are living up to their standards this is phenomenal for La Serie a. you know we were talking mm-hmm. Alex and I were talking about this was it yesterday the day before you know Serie a for so many years was known for defense first and all this and recently over the past five years and especially since last year Syria has become so attacking focused and open minded. It's it's really really fun to watch. Uh, there's you know these young blood coaches that are coming in, totally flipping the scripts, and it it benefits the league. It benefits everyone, right? I mean, well, of course. So there's there was that game that totally lived up to it. Two two, uh, I think was, you know, the perfect result. It could definitely have gone either way. A few misses on each side, but whatever. That's that's football, right? So it is what it is. I just wanna just put on one thing. With the the thing you're talking about, the attacking soccer, because I remember I, when I used to watch Serie a, a bit, I wasn't really that. It was never interesting because I was like, okay, it's defending, defending, and even my dad knows the Italian way is defense, straight up. But I, I've been starting to watch Serie a, a lot more, and honestly, it's so much more exciting. There's a lot more up and down. There's a lot more creativity, and it's getting to i'm not saying it's not at its peak yet it's still getting you can still see the defensive influence in the game but slowly but surely this league is becoming hella interesting with really good teams yeah yeah everyone's been slowly getting better uh, i've said it for years and this kind of segues to juve their their loss of uh, 2-1 which still stands i mean listen a lot of people are shocked i'm not verona is actually a phenomenal team uh yeah. They deserve a lot of respect. There's a lot of work that's been done there. The 2-1 to me is not that surprising given both how good Verona is and how far Juventus have kind of fallen. Mm-hmm. But the the only real issue or reason, I should say, that Juve won, you know, nine straight was the league was just catching itself up. I mean, you had a team. I mean, they're very lucky to have their own stadium. So 100% of revenue always goes to them. It's something that, you know, there's only what Udinese that uh, has its own stadium after that who's, still, who's, who's allowed to do that. Uh, they just got really lucky. I mean, when Conte was in there for his first year, you know, we lost by one point. It could have easily swung our way. Even the year before, same thing. They got a little lucky. They were only two games ahead. There were a lot of close calls. This downfall has been coming. Uh, they've taken the league for granted. And it is also why I believe that they will never win the Champions League. Is that when you're used to playing when, teams that aren't at such a strong level, you never learn to find that extra gear. You, can, you know what I mean? Course. It's like it's basically like PSG. That's it. So it's like you're you, like City is not necessarily a farmer's league to the same way. No offense to our French colleagues, you know, that league might be, but teams were never really built as strongly. So you would just defend. It was never a universal choice. It's just that you knew that you couldn't keep up with Juve or AC or even Inter in their high days. So it's like, okay, we'll sit back. We'll see what happens. But now, like we said, 
young guys are coming in. Teams are getting more money. TV rights uh, have skyrocketed. I mean, it's over a billion dollars a year. So we're, we're getting mm-hmm. close to the prem. So teams are benefiting and that this is what's happening. We're finding diamonds in the rough. We're bringing the coaches in and we're getting this. We've had an exciting city for the past three years. And I mean, we're only a quarter of the way through. And at this point, I mean, obviously everyone's going to say, you know, AC or Napoli is going to win. It's still very early, but it's a very exciting time. Of course. So oh, yeah. it's slowly building up. It's slowly getting better. But, you know, Juve, Juve's downfall has been coming. They just got really lucky to win as much as they have. Uh, and that's just the way it goes. And now you're seeing that domino, you know, kind of falling around and the team is going down with it. So yeah. it's... Anyways, we'll get to them after because obviously I had a huge segment ready for them, but we'll keep going down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a lot Milan, to talk about. There, there's a, there's a lot this weekend. I mean, we we wanted to talk about you know kind of Juve and where they stand, but now obviously with Tottenham, so there's a little bit more. So mm-hmm. we don't mean to rush through the games. We don't want to tire people out either on like a two-hour podcast. Exactly. So uh, we had Torino win three nothing against Sampdoria, red card, plain and simple. Uh, Listen, Torino is still not that impressive compared to last year. Uh, good for them. They won 3 nothing. Uh, they're making slow progress, but I think there is still so much to do. And there's still a lot of question marks on whether Belotti is going to stay there or not. So who knows what this is going to bring. I'm really not too sure. But Torino, to me, is still not that impressive. Sampdoria was just worse on the day. It's the way it goes. Uh, obviously, Inter, we won 2-0. Two Korea goals, stunning. Uh, it's been four games now that they've really impressed me. It's clear that they are gelling at 110%. They're playing way more free-flowing than under Conte. Not that I had a way with Conte, the way Conte plays. Yeah, but I, just, I like them both, but they're player. very polar opposite, and you can very much see the difference. Uh, you know, a lot of people, like I was saying before, are already saying, you know, it's, it's not playing AC's year. They said that shit last year. They started hot. We started slow. To me, and we've said it before, Alex, to me, it's the second half of the season that champions are made. Inter last yeah, year lost one game on the second half of the season. Well, yeah, of course. Look at uh, look at last year. Last year, Sheffield United were first place in Boxing Day. Yeah. And then I'm getting relegated. It's the big... The first half of seasons are... Yes, I'm not going to say they're not... but It's not that they're not important, but it's just... You can't base a season off. You can't. Let's say Chelsea finish top in boxing. Let's say Boxing Day they finish top of the league. Doesn't mean shit. Yeah, exactly. It literally doesn't mean because when that's when pressure starts coming in. Mm-hmm. That's when there's actual races. Now it's like okay, we can afford maybe one two, but then after after that's done, after the halfway season, then you're like okay, now every point is gonna be looked at in a microscope. It's like every single point counts that's it now it comes down to the players or uh, some players will be better under pressure some other players will just absolutely get destroyed by the pressure and just the fatigue factor because i I think that that's what killed ac last year is that they started really well and this this is typical pioli he always starts off exceptionally well and then the team dies off now the reason inter was able in my opinion to go is because we all know how much of a hard ass Conte is when it comes to training. So the players are in tip-top shape. Nice. So unless AC Milan and Napoli kind of figured that out, they will die out because this pace is ridiculous. 
Uh, probably you can be playing this. I mean, yeah, in the beginning it will last a bit, but at some point your your players are gonna start wanting break here. But you're gonna have injuries here and there. It's it's normal. That's it. But I mean, that, we'll we'll see where it goes. But like you said, right, the injuries there's there's a lot that comes to play, and you know when the second half of the season comes around, all of a sudden it's no longer oh you know we we have so many more games. It's oh shit, we don't have so many more games anymore. So your slip-ups become so much more vastly important. Well, yeah, of course. And then comes, the, as I said, the pressure factor. And then, uh, then it comes down to your players and how they react to it. it mm-hmm. It's not just... How do I say it? It's not necessarily the best team that's going to win the league. It's the team that are able to stay off... To handle the pressure and handle the injuries because at the end of the day that's what it comes soccer is just a sport with a bunch of injuries it's normal it's a high dem- it's a high intensity sport there's a reason why you have these athletes playing max two games a week you can be playing three games a week it's impossible it's not like hockey where every other day you can play no problem mm-hmm. it's it's very and it took me some time to realize how football and hockey are just uncomparable <laughs> Yeah, soccer is in running 90 minutes, and it's just running takes a lot more energy than, let's say, skating or football. Mm-hmm. Football, you have breaks every 15, 20 seconds, 24 seconds. Technically. Yeah, there's technically only a couple of minutes of actual, like an hour of actual playtime, you know? It's, 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 it, that, this is the thing about soccer or football. Before Boxing Day, who gives a shit? It's what's after Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. What happens to the teams? That's what comes down to it. And that's where Inter fucking dominated last year. After Boxing Day, like you said, I think they lost one game, I think. We only said? lost one and it was against Juve. That was it. We dominated oh, the whole thing. Like, come on. It was constant wins. We we made a record and everything. And I like it's to me, to me, the second half is absolutely when teams is when you have that picture. Come February is when you have the absolute clearest picture of who will be where. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. At that point in time. February, yeah, February is where the dominoes are. The... Yeah, everything's in place by the time you get to February, 100%. Now, I'm a strong believer in that. And like I said, it's cool. If Napoli and AC are on the top. Okay, good for them. They're they're playing well. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying they don't deserve to be there. Uh, for me personally, I believe that AC Milan has not been tested yet at all. Uh, Roma was not mm-hmm. exactly the biggest test, and Juve could have gone the other way very easily, to be honest. Uh, you still have to meet everyone else. Like there's us on the weekend. You still have to meet Napoli. You still have to meet uh, Atalanta, Lazio, all these guys. Like to to me, AC has not properly been tested yet. So we're gonna see what they're made of uh, come January. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, when you meet the other big teams, we're gonna see where it stands. Yeah, I mean, Juve could have easily beaten them if they were in a better position, but that's just the way it goes. So now it's you got to meet Napoli, that's high flying. You have to meet Sadi Ball. You have to meet us next week. You have to meet Atalanta. And there's always these bogey teams, you know, guys like Sassuolo and stuff who beat Juve, who always give Inter a hard time. There's a lot, man. There's a lot that could happen. Like you said, all you, it takes one injury. That's it. And they're in that's- the Champions League. So it's like you're playing three times in the span of 10 days, if not maybe yeah. what, four in 10, day, 10 days? Like it's it's a lot. <laughs> Man, there's some games. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna bring up Chelsea again because you know it's the team I'm. I follow. So it's, the team, it's the schedule I know the best. At some point, we have, I think, five games. It, we have ten games in a span of thirty days. Yeah. So you're it's... averaging about three games a game every three days. Yeah, so it's, it's brutal, man. It's it's very brutal right now with the condensed schedules. 
it's 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 hard, man. But I mean, look, that's this is what champions are made of. This is what's gonna prove if your team is legit or not. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I agree with that hundred percent. I hear a lot of people saying, but oh, the depth, Chelsea's depth, the depth, the depth. I mean, look, it's gonna we're gonna see it now. It's that's part of football. The most important thing is having depth on your team. Yeah, 100%. I mean, why why would someone, you know, kind of trash you for being a depth-filled club? I mean, it does the same way. Uh, yeah. Who cares? You build it. That's the whole point. It's why you have 11 plus what? Another 12 on the bench? It's exactly. For a reason, man. Like, what am I going to fill it with? A bunch of 17-year-olds? Look at Man City. Man City, they literally have a second first team yeah. on yeah, their bench. 100%. 100%. There's some games you're looking at the bench. They have Bruno, uh, Bernardo Silva. They have Kevin <laughs> De Bruyne. They have Kyle Walker. You're looking at it. It's like... Yeah, Bro, yeah. what is this? But that's they've been dominating for that reason because on the bench they have world class players that can come in whenever mm-hmm. and just Kevin De Bruyne as a star, starter 100%. But just having Jacques Cancelo, Jacques Cancelo starts often. Why did I bring up Jacques? Why did I bring Cancelo out of everybody? He's a, he's a full starter. Sterling, Mares, Greer. It's true. Just those three players play the same position. <laughs> but but he's right for doing it. Rotation, man. Rotation. This is how you get through the dog days of January and February when you have to worry about the league title and then going back to the Champions League and all that crap. Fucking bullshit. There, there's, there's nothing wrong, right? There's nothing wrong with that's what they're paying the big bucks for. I mean, exactly. it, as, a, as a small team, it sucks. I, I get it, but it's... You know, what, 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 what are you going to freak out because, you know, they're doing it properly? I and mean, that's just the way it goes. You can't really do anything about it. It's just how it is. That's it. So, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll finish off last city out here because there's just a yeah. few more games. But uh, Fiorentina beat Spezia three nothing. No real surprise there. Uh, mm-hmm. I am happy with the resurgence of Fiorentina. They're much much better than they were last year, which which kind of sucks because Ribery I think was really cool, like really cool for yeah. them. He did very well. It's a shame that he's not still there to kind of see the success that they're having, but. It is what it is. Uh, owners doing well. Uh, even with their loss of Chiesa, they seem to be doing pretty well. So power to them. Uh, that's it. So, I mean, Chiesa is a beast. So they manage it well. They're doing very well compared to last year. They're not in relegation candidate zones. Yeah. And that's that. And, uh, you know, we move on to Gen- Genoa, Venezia, nil-nil. Uh, uh, I can't say I'm necessarily surprised at the game. Uh, it wasn't boring by any means, but there weren't really that many clear-cut chances. So it was kind of just, you know, a bit of a midfield battle, and it stayed that way. Zero-zero, it is what it is. It was a blech. blech. Yeah, unfortunately, right? But it is what it is. I mean, that's what you get for two teams. I mean, Venezia is going to want to... For Venezia, it's a win. It's one extra point. They want to stay that's in the Serie A. So, you know, a team like that will definitely take it, run, and see what you can do next week. Uh, Empoli beat Sassuolo 2-1, which honestly is a bit of a surprise because Sassuolo just, you know... Beat Juve. Beat Juve. <laughs> so it's like if you're a Juve fan, you're kind of really scratching your head, so I don't know how to take that. Welcome but to football, ladies. <laughs> that, that's what it is. That's just what it is. Uh, that's the beauty of the sport, right? Is that it's never really that clear cut. Yep, you never so know what's going to happen. It's it's moments like this that are good. Good for Empoli. Uh, yeah. It's good for their uh, aspirations of staying up. Sassuolo, again, pick yourselves up. If you can beat Juve, you definitely have the team to go far and do well. Uh, and obviously, there was the insane Napoli game last night. 1-0, mm. uh, two red cards. Oh, uh, 
red cards are kind of getting out of hand lately over the past two weeks, to be honest. It's true, eh? <laughs> uh, I think there were I think there were two last week and this week we're at what five, six? Bro, there's I think I think there were Sambere, five. There's Salernitana. Salernit okay, bro, I can't even say that. The Ribery team. <laughs> Napoli, Milan, and Cagliari. Cagliari, Cagliari, yeah. Cagliari, I, 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 I think there were seven red cards in two weeks, which is just ridiculous. Uh, it also brings up the point that's been going online of refs in Italy are kind of losing control right now. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, these red cards also don't account for the fact that I believe last week three coaches were sent off. So <laughs> if you add that in, like it's kind of a shit show right now. Oh, boy. So there's that and without even realizing it was a perfect segue because the next game we're going to talk about is Milan and Roma where Milan had the red card. They won 2-1. Uh, listen, Roma was trash. There's not really no other way to put it. Uh, it, it was it was very Man United-ish. Uh, there was no clear way of playing. At one point, and I, I really wish I took a picture, but the ball had gone out. And I remember it was at the, I think it was the 59th minute now I'm patient. It was the 59th minute. The ball had gone out, and at one point the camera panned because obviously it follows the ball. And mm. there were eight Roma players on one on that exact touchline. <laughs> I I genuinely wish, and I might revisit it uh, tomorrow just to get to that point to show you the picture, and I'll I'll post it. Mm. There were legitimately eight Roma players on that touchline. That's fucked. How does that, if if me if the ball had not gone out and Milan because it was a fight with Milan and it, it happened mm-hmm. to go out, if me if it, that did not happen and someone on Milan's team looked up and passed the ball, the entire it was left side of the field was open. <laughs> like I I, I don't I don't get it. It was very Man United. <laughs> I, I don't know. Look I don't know. I don't know how Mourinho set them up. It looked like a four-two-four to me. I mean, I don't know what the hell you're doing with, you know, a team that has Kessian stuff in it, that you're going two people in the midfield. But I, I think Mourinho is very much out of touch. Uh, he could use the excuse of it's uh, it's a building phase all he wants. Uh, it did not look good yesterday on Definitely. any level whatsoever. Uh, and Roma missed. It should have ended 2-2. Yep. Uh, yeah. There was the penalty, the literal exact penalty that happened. <laughs> You know, last week against Inter that Juve got, it was literally the exact same thing. Yeah. And Roma didn't get it, which is also lighting the internet on fire again because, you know, Alex and I, before we started streaming, we said that it's clear that the rules are changing, you know, game to game. Yeah. So every three days, there seems to be a totally different view of the particular rule. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This penalty was much more clear cut. Uh, he clearly didn't touch the ball. He kicked his shin out of midair. Yep. Uh, that was literally more of, that's more of a penalty call than what Juve got. Like just hands down. Uh, I know a lot of Juve fans out there are, don't really care, but let's be honest here. <laughs> you you got to take the bias out, right? It was a very yeah. weak call. It was stupid on both parties. Dumfries shouldn't have gone for it anyways. We've already discussed that. Mm. But this is to me was more of a clear cut, a huge miss from the ref. Yeah. Uh, but Milan won. It is what it is. Like I said, they're just, you know, that was a bit more luck, but they're not being tested. This Roma team, if they lined up better, could have easily have given Milan a run for their money. I think 100%. Roma with, is very good. Uh, just Mourinho totally screwed up, uh, like I mean, he often does, unfortunately. I mean, I was going to say, 
they played bad, but they could have ended the game 2-2. But at the end of the day, when you really think about it, it's if if we're going to play this what-ifs, if we're going to play with the what-ifs, it's kind of like the only reason why Roma actually got close was because of the red card. Because mm-hmm. before the red card, they had, I'm oh, pretty sure, zero opportunity. They had there was, there nothing. Was nothing. No, there was absolutely nothing. They, they'll bring up the ball. They would win the ball, send it up. Tommy Abraham would try to hold up the play. I know Tommy Abraham. He's not, I mean, I'm not going to say he's a he's not a hold-up type of player, but it's not his specialty. Holding up the holding up play like Lukaku, it's not his game. He's not big enough. He's t- he's a tall motherfucker. Like, hey, this kid is tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. he won't be able to hold up the play. And what would happen is they would win the ball, send it up to Abraham, and Abraham would just instantly lose it, and they'll come back. Milan would just come back, get an opportunity. And let's just all say it, Zlatan Ibrahimovic had... He was insane yesterday. His yeah, free kick goal. That, that free kick. People are saying, oh, Rui, that's Rui Patricio's. No, look. No. <laughs> that was perf- inch perfect. That Zlatan, inch perfect. Then Zlatan had a goal disallowed. No, was it a goal disallowed? Yes, he had it a goal disallowed. Which was a very nice goal. And then he also had an assist disallowed with his chest. I don't know if you remember. I think it was to... Uh, to Kessie, I'm pretty sure, which I'm pretty sure Zlatan was offside. Oh, yeah, and then he had popped it up and then he headed he, it in. Yeah, it would have yeah. been like the highlight of the year if that actually counted. That was Zlatan with his chest passed over the defender and wow. Yeah, he, he doesn't make sense. Like, you know, we, we talk about Ronaldo a lot, but Ibra is still, you know, you know what? It's like a four-year difference. I mean, he's what, he's 40, right? Yeah, yeah, he's 40. And I'm pretty he's sure he's still pretty disgusting. Like, it's it doesn't make, he, he's an animal. And yeah, and last no week he two was, ways about it. Yeah, and last week he was uh, he was hurt apparently. Fucking, he was he was holding his hamstring last week, and then now he does that yesterday. Which I don't get. Good, good for him, normal. but but he is getting injury prone a little more often. But obviously, yeah, there's nothing normal. there's yeah. nothing you can do, right? You hit forty, your body it's your body. You can it's be in whatever normal. mind state of mind you want. If your body doesn't agree, it doesn't agree. I mean, the only person I think would not be like I think the only person on this earth that won't get injury prone at forty is Ronaldo, but that's because he literally takes care of his body like nobody else yeah, on this earth. It, it, it's it doesn't make sense. It's not normal. What he does we, is just ridiculous. We talk. LeBron James spends I think two million on his body to stay healthy. Ronaldo, I think easily he, he's he is easily the athlete that takes the most care of his body. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he drops four or five mil, which is nothing for him. Four or five mil just on his body, which good for him. Smart. Hey, he knows what he wants. Good job. He wants to keep playing, man. He's doing it for the mm-hmm. passion. Like I love the sport, and it shows. I mean, between him and Ibra, you you want to stay in the show as long as possible, and you're gonna mm-hmm. do what you can to keep it in. And yeah, Ronaldo. I mean, if if you if you kind of if anyone has him on Insta or whatever, like he's always training. Yeah, good for like, him. He's training, and his kid is always right next to him, doing it at the same time. So it's like, it, it, for for me, Ronaldo is the perfect example. Like if you're if you're young, and mm-hmm. you need that motivation, you want to know how to get you know to be the best. To me, Ronaldo is the best example. He doesn't stop working. If you yeah. want to be the best, 100%. you have to do. You have to. You have to be it. You have to live it. To me, Messi is the better player, but nobody can ever say that. He is nobody can say that Messi is a better role model or person to look up to than Ronaldo. Ronaldo's just peak. You, 
there's no athlete on this earth I I would look up to more than Ronaldo, and it, he just proves it. He, but anyways, he does a lot. He he does a lot. I, I, every week we're getting into this fucking Ronaldo's conversation. But it's like, but it's football, man. It's normal. But anyways, we'll, we'll we'll end it off with the fact that Bologna won two 0 against Cagliari. Who also had a red card, so Saputo got another win. So good for him. <laughs> so it is what it is. But if we look at the table, we'll look at the quick top five here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Napoli and Milan are tied at 31 points. Napoli is ultimately ahead because they have uh, the goal difference. The goal difference. Yeah. Uh, Milan is still theoretically. Uh, well, no, they're they're both undefeated. I mean, they both yeah. have one tie, whatever. Inter is third right now at 24 points. Uh, we do have the highest uh, goal outputs though, so I'm really not too concerned right now. Yeah, um, Inter is firing on all cylinders. Like I said, these past four games. It's clear that they're gelling. They're finally in the system. I'd be very fucking concerned if I were other teams, especially with Milan coming next week. Yeah. Uh, our midfield is definitely better than theirs. Uh, but then moving down the list, you know, you have Roma and Atalanta who are tied for fourth, respectively, on 19 points. Lato's one point out, 18th. And mm. like we said before, you have Fiorentina, 18 points. So you're looking at a team last year that almost got knocked out. And here you are in seventh place. Verona, and, and you have uh, Verona right behind them. Like I said, Verona, Verona is a good team, man. Uh, Juric, they, they're good. It's just the way it goes. Uh, good on them. I mean, look, Verona. City are good. It's you know, I, I, you know, you have some of the top teams here. You have f- four teams here that have 15 points. You have two that have 18, two that have 19, and then the top is you know a two-game difference will change the entire outcome. So, I mean, but again, it's I'm very early. At, I'm looking at the Verona schedule. I was gonna, I was supposed to be like, oh, maybe they're up there because they haven't played big teams. Then I'm like looking, okay, yeah, they lost against Sassuolo, no big deal. Lost against Inter, okay. They won against Roma 3 2. Uh, wait, yes, but Roma haven't lost. Wait, oh, yeah, what am I saying? Roma haven't lost. <laughs> they beat Roma, which is an impressive win. They lost 3 2 to uh, AC Milan. They Beat Lazio 4 1. Wow. They yeah. beat Juventus, which, I mean, they've played good competition. They're up there. Good on them, man. I'd play Verona. Good on them. I mean, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say otherwise. Well, like I said, it's not. Oh, and I, and I misspoke. It's Tudor who's technically in charge of Verona. Mm. I, I got no. it wrong. It's it's Torino that has a Jurich. They they swapped out. That's my bad. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, nah, I said something wrong. It's Tudor who went to a Verona. So Tudor. another another good they're good coaches. They're both well within one another, and I think it's gonna be exciting. Uh like I said, Torino, much better position as well. Uh are they blowing my skirt up? No, not really. No. But we'll see where it takes us. I mean the biggest worry and surprise is Juve, depending on how you look at it. Uh mm. and this kind of goes into our segue. Or at least in my segue, because I wanted to talk about it. This was supposed to be our main talking point until the Spurs happened. Uh, like I said, for this is a lo- this is a very long time coming. Uh, Juve has been lucky within that nine-year stretch. They did have the better players while other teams were rebuilding, but now age and poor management is starting to kind of creep up to them. Yeah. Uh, you have your aging backline. They still don't seem to trust Delit on a week-to-week basis, which is good for us. I mean, yeah, it's definitely good for the rest of us. Uh, you still have Benucci, yeah. who's still at the top. But, I mean, you're, you're back. Chesney's having his, his weeks up and down, which is strange because theoretically he should be in the peak of his career. Yeah. Uh, 
but now with the poor management and the aging is starting to kick in. Uh, to me, my my biggest thing, if I were a Juve fan, and I, I know a lot agree with me because I've had a discussion with them before, uh, it's not even so much that your defense is old, it's that your midfield is poor. They have a they, midfield. They have a really poorly built midfield. They, they should have don't have a midfield. I, I, I was looking at their game. I, I was watching them and I was just wondering, like, I mean, some of them I know because of, like, FIFA and stuff. Yeah, like McKenny, like, you know, your typical, you know. Yeah, but it's just, I, I don't know. And I don't see Dybala. That, does Dybala even start? Uh, Dybala, uh, for Inter, came off the bench. He's technically supposed to be a starter. Uh, but it depends on the week. depends on what Allegri is feeling on that particular day. That's uh, I don't get that, man. But but it's uh, Allegri came into a badly built team. Yeah. Uh, to me, like I said, I think the midfield is the absolute biggest issue, and the fact that they have a very garbage midfield is also amplifying your issues on defense. Because you could kind of have, you know, a, we'll say garbage defense, but not really garbage. But anyways, you mm. could have a garbage defense. But it could be masked if you have a really solid midfield, because the midfield protects defense from a lot of stupid issues. So now you have a midfield that is not properly built. Who Max Allegri, there's no chance in hell would have ever wanted these players in the first place. There's no way. So they're not playing properly, and you have a defense who is well past their years. So one issue is amplifying the other, and you're seeing this now. Uh, there's they. Still don't seem to be buying into the system that much, uh, to be honest. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see where this goes. It's, uh, if Juve obviously can't, can't do anything in January. I mean, you they, they, like everyone else, have no money. And at the same time, like I said, they're having issues buying into the system now. So selling and bringing in new players literally doesn't help you because then you're going to have to reteach people anyways. So I think Juve is like between a rock and a hard place, as they say. I think this might be kind of a long season for Juve. Uh, should they break into the top four? I mean, on paper, yeah, that team, right? Yep. Uh, but they're sure as hell not going to win. Like I said, I they'll probably do some kind of business in January. Everyone does. They, they desperately could. need it. They need but it. there's there's not going to be wholesale changes because it doesn't benefit them. I likely would have to reteach people. So what's the point of getting rid of them in the first place? So I, I, I think he's in a very screwy position right now. I mean, every team that I find like every big team outside of England's like Barca, Barca ended up drawing today. Sergio Aguero apparently three out for three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we all know the Barcelona situation. Real Madrid don't look like Real Madrid. Uh, Juventus, as we as yeah, uh, Mike not, just, they definitely don't look like a Juventus side. It's. But you can see that at the end of point, it, at the end of the day, is when you dominate for so long, it's kind of like, yes, good job, like you dominated for, let's say, five six years. But if you constantly, if you don't change, if let's say one, it only takes a couple of mistakes for you to start dropping. It's, football is so competitive. It's like before where the big teams. 100% would finish first and second because of the financial situation. These small teams with how scouting is working nowadays, it's kind of like you're finding these little teams like Real, Real Sociedad in La Liga. Yeah, they're top, right? 
their top, and it's just it's a bunch of little scouted players that like, and that's what that's the difference between now and back then. Is back then it's whoever had the most money would win. Mm-hmm. Now it's scouting has a big, 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 big effect, way more than before. I don't know if it's scouting per se, but like you said, the big teams all of a sudden can't spend what they can anymore, mm-hmm. yeah. and the little teams are used to working on shoestring budgets. So you're seeing these teams that have been working the same way for decades dominating because to them it's business as usual. Yeah. I, I don't need to adapt to anything. Like if you're Barcelona, who's, I mean, what are they, like ninth, tenth position? Ninth, yeah. Like you have no idea how to deal with this. I mean, Real is still going very strong, but they've always had, for me, a much stronger youth setup than Barcelona. Of That's course. its own like, kind of yeah. issue, though. A lot, I know a lot of people will say otherwise. But for the low-level teams, dude, Sociat, Sevilla, uh, Atleti, all these guys, I mean, you've been working on a shoestring budget compared to everyone else for decades. Well, so maybe not Atleti. Me, Atleti it's, it's business as usual. Maybe not Atleti. Atleti have still, they've been a big team for years now, with the, which I find probably the most underrated coach in Simeone, which I don't know how many years we've been seeing this. I don't know how he's still underrated, but he's just, Simeone is a, just a, I love Simeone. He's, I always he, loved him. He's a city coach, is what he is. He's he's good, man. He mm. he he's got a perfectly balanced team. I, he I has his his defense is set up as if he was in city and yeah. he's got the attack and like forward movement of a of a prem team. I, I I love Simeone. I've always loved him. Last year I was shitting bricks when we when we got uh, drawn against uh, Atleti in the Champions League. Thank God we won. God bless. Yeah, he's but, uh, he, he's good, and he definitely doesn't get the credit he deserves, especially when Atleti won. He's won. He's won time. twice with them, right? No, he's won more than that. I think. Uh, no, but with Atletico, I th- I thought it was just twice, from what I can remember. Anyways, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But he never he never really got the credit he deserved. He still doesn't. Um, honestly, I'm a little surprised that he's still with Atletico. To be honest, that's that's something else too. It's like, I mean. Why? Um, not really, because the t- the team is giving him what he wants, and I've never really heard any complaints coming out of Atleti about Simeone, and I've not heard anything about Simeone complaining about this, 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 that. I find whenever Simeone is asking for something, since he's so proven, the board are just like, okay, take yeah, it. No Joe Felix, like uh, they went for Luis Suarez, they brought him in. It's that's why I think Thomas Lamar they brought. I think it's more just. Why risk going somewhere else and failing if you're in a team that you That's love? And why pull a whole? Why pull a Jose Mourinho where he goes to a different team and they just ruin his reputation? Yeah, he's his a re- special case, and you know, Alex and I've had this discussion before, but I think him all of a sudden becoming this insane journeyman has ruined his legacy. But anyways, uh, so look, it's already been an hour. We have to. We have to let's talk about Spurs because Spurs is another long topic, and I don't want it to make too long. I don't want it to be too long. Uh, yeah, I got so you. So we have ourselves a probably like not really breaking news. This was kind of like I think we all expected to happen as soon as we saw Nuno Santos getting uh, fired this morning. Uh, so Antonio Conte, former Inter. Former Inter manager that won City, uh, former Chelsea manager that won the EPL. So you can see a trend here. He's kind of a, he's kind of a a winner, a, a serial winner, yeah, <laughs> a serial winner. Which I have experienced firsthand. And well, he's he's the reason why I started falling in love with football again, and the reason why I 
Michael loves the guy. He's probably his favorite manager in the world. Mm-hmm. Don't blame you. Uh, he has agreed a 18 month contract, which I'm pretty surprised. Oh, with... let's let's not say agreed. It's, it's not it's it's not official. But apparently, I'm seeing here he has agreed. But this is on one football is saying Conte has agreed to join Tottenham as the club's new manager on an 18th month contract with only a few minor details left to be resolved. It's probably financial bonuses, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it looks like Daniel Levy or Levi, whatever you want to call him, Daniel Levy. It's Levy. Finally grew some balls and was like, you know what? We need a manager. And he brought in probably the best possible manager that's available. I think by far, which I personally don't think will really. I don't think Conte would really succeed with Tottenham for two reasons. First reason being, Daniel Levy demands attacking football. He said it with Nuno, he said it with Mourinho, and with Pochettino for years. He wants attacking, offensive, entertaining football to bring in fans. That's yeah. that's literally. The Daniel Levy mentality. The problem with that, Conte is the total opposite of that. I mean, I'm not saying he's not entertaining. It's not entertaining football, but you have you're bringing in a guy that specialty is a five in the back, three in the back. It's a five in the back. It's, it's five, a five in the back. Yeah, theoretically, it's a five. three. It's a five. We all know it's a five. It's a five in the back. Uh, he, I'm not necessarily going to say all defense. It's just. He likes playing with five in the back and defensive-minded. But look, it's one of them leagues. It's, it's made teams what it's made teams better than they truly are. I personally don't think the 2014-2015 Chelsea team was that good, but Conte just made it good, and he made Hazard into the best player in the world, which... At that time, yeah. I, I, I'm so grateful for I experienced a Hazard, Eden Hazard. And same with you, especially and with you, with uh, Romelu Lukaku. With Lukaku, Kandreva, Moses. I right. mean, he he, uh, he turned these guys into beasts. Exactly. It, so it, I mean, it, what he did with Kandreva in his first season with Inter made no sense. No, he. I don't know. I don't know much about it. That's more in your specialty. But I saw with Victor Moses, which he was just a nobody, and then became the league's best wing back out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And Marcos Alonso, same thing. But I mean, it's a good, it's a, it's a very, it's a very positive signing for Tottenham. Very positive. I mean, you can't go wrong. You bring in a, a serial winner. You know he's gonna bring you the success. Now it's how him and the locker room are gonna mesh. Mm. Harry Kane's a big personality. As much as people want to say that uh, he's he's a big person, Harry Kane's a big personality. We all know it. Uh, I mean, I I don't think he's gonna have a problem with Huming Sung. Huming Sung looks like he's happy. He's he always has a smile on his face. He'll he'll definitely love him because I mean he is Hazard like. Exactly. So, I which mean, he's he's gonna get a lot out of Sun for sure. If I was you, football fantasy guys, I'll pick up Sun right now. It's, oh yeah, hundred percent. But uh, I mean, listen, it's it's a huge it's a huge pickup for the Spurs. Uh, personally, I don't like it. I don't think. I don't think. Conte is making the right choice, uh, uh, but if he is signing, it's obviously because there's genuine guarantees that I'm the boss. Give me the blank check. We're gonna do it my way. Yeah, because at the, at the beginning of it all, you know, in the summer when he was going, 
you know, it came out and I mean, this is the Spurs themselves coming out saying that they didn't like his personality, but now all of a sudden that doesn't matter anymore. I mean, you know, and, and Alex and I, before we started these podcasts, we, we, we used to dump on Tottenham a little bit because that, mm-hmm. that mentality to us was just so stupid is that yeah. you would overlook a coach because he knows what he wants and he calls out bullshit when he sees it. Yeah. Like what kind of organization does that? How little do you care about winning to make a coach, a coach who's outspoken like that, that, that's your, that's your issue. Uh, like, f- like the, the fact that he's a serial winner, he, he, he's the one who started Juve's dominance for three years. He went to Italy. He turned what is undoubtedly a mediocre team at best and got to the semis and outmastered Spain. That's then true. goes to Chelsea, totally dominates, sets records, comes to Inter, snaps Juve's winning streak. And that's, that's insane, and, yeah. and the Spurs owner is saying no because he's got a hard personality. He's got a hard personality. He doesn't want to play offensive football. He wants to bring in his own staff. Like, it, like what? That's what I just. Uh, I mean, I don't. I personally, for me as a Chelsea fan, I'm happy with this move because I don't think it's gonna go well. Which is something sad because I love Conte. Conte. As I mentioned before, he's he's the reason why I start falling back in love with football. Uh, but I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't think Harry Kane is going to be too... I mean, if I was Harry Kane, I would just look at Conte and be like, look, he made Lukaku from... Which, Lukaku was a great striker. I mean, when, uh, people bashing for the Man U days, but I mean, he was still scoring... A goal every other game, which is still pretty impressive, huge, considering yeah, that everybody was talking shit about him. Uh, but he made Lukaku into, I would say, probably a top three striker in the world. I wouldn't say best. Lewandowski was the best. Yeah, striker in the world. Up. That's I think it's, uh, there's no argument there. And then you can say Haaland, probably because Haaland is just uh, like a generational talent. <laughs> that kid is that that kid is wow. But yeah, he made Lukaku into this type of player. So. If I was Kane, with such a big persona like Kane has, which you know, England captain, Spurs captain, this like he's a you know it's Kane. He's had what he has maybe like what six golden boots. I know he doesn't have actual gold like six golden boots, but like he's finished at least two three times top goal scorer. Last year he finished top goal scorer and top mm-hmm. assist provider. Now the biggest thing is 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 he gonna gel? With Conte's personality, because we all know Conte is it's a big. Why wear the highway, man? <laughs> and what sucks is if Ericsson was still with Spurs, that would have been. I mean, technically he can. Now he's he's yeah. not he's not allowed to play in City under the current rules. I don't think Conte is going to go for him, to be honest. No, because he, he, he didn't enjoy him too much when he was with Inter because he's not. Ericsson by design was never like uh, a hustling player. Although no. credit to him, towards the end, he actually did. Uh, he he filled out the role that Conte ultimately wanted, so oh, yeah. he chose him much more often. So you, you never know, but I don't think that it's going to be his first choice. I think Ericsson will find himself back in the prem, but to it be a romantic move back no to Tottenham, I'm I'm not too sure. Uh, if it was another coach uh, manager, it probably probably. Mm-hmm. But under Conte, I think it will take a lot of convincing to kind of bring him back. Like I said, towards the end, he did finally fill out the role that Conte needed him, and he chose him very often, and he looked very good. 
So it it depends. But I I don't I don't like this pickup at all for Conte from the viewpoint yeah. of just a garbage uh, management. So it yeah. it is what it is. And personally, if I was a Man United fan and he goes to the Spurs, I'd be fucking furious. How does Ole still? I don't I don't fucking get this. Nuno got sacked after what seventeen games? I think seventeen eighteen games. He got sacked and straight up Tottenham were like, you know what? Sack him seventeen games is poor. He, they were poor for seventeen. And it's not like they didn't deserve. Any, they were just a horrible. The best I think was maybe when they beat Man City in the first week. One zero. And this is the team that beat Man City. Exactly. So it's kind of like, and now you have Ole that's still at. But anyways, I don't want to bring up Ole. That's just the conversation is just dead at this point. It's just absolute shit housery from the manager board, but uh, Manchester board. But I mean, look, it's a great signing for Spurs. I don't think it's a great signing for Conte. Conte, uh, I don't know if he's maybe wanting to try to prove a point, but uh, I really don't understand this on the on Conte's point of view. I don't I'll, know. I think he would have wanted to wait until maybe Manchester United, which I don't think would have worked either. But well, I, it it would have worked better. <laughs> I don't think so, though. I don't think so because even there, it's the same thing. It's like here with Abramovich. Abramovich was straight up: you do what you want to. Abramovich has always been that guy. I mean, yes, he wants entertaining football. We get it, but Abramovich has never had a problem with being like, "Look, if this is a system you want to run." Go yeah. for it. I'll, I'll I'll sign the checks. You make it work. Bring me trophies. Exactly. That's all he wanted. And that's what happened. But at Spurs, Lee, Daniel Levy is a bit different. Uh, manager board looks like they're a bit different. They always want. When Mourinho came in, they had a problem with him playing a bit defensive. They wanted him to play offensively. Blah blah blah. Uh, I think for Conte, this is just going to ruin his legacy because right now his legacy is at an all-time high. Yeah, especially uh, after what he did with Inter, 100%. Uh, yeah, it is. You go, you win the Prem, then you go to Serie A, you win the Serie A, and with Inter, that having won... Just beating Juventus after nine years after is... Not, after a decade, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's... it's. It, I don't know, man. I don't like this pickup at all. From Conte's side, from Spurs, it's a, it's the best-case scenario for them, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's, we're going to see. If, if Daniel Levy sits back and is like, look... I'm going to be signing the checks. You bring in whoever the fuck you want because Conte is not really known to be bringing any... He, he doesn't really bring any big-name players either. As no, I, I mean, you, you could kind of put Lukaku into that because he's... He, I mean, he he had a heart on him for him even when he was at Juve. So it's yeah. weird that he constantly tried to sign, never happened, finally happened, and I mean, match made in heaven doesn't even begin mm-hmm. to describe their relationship. No, it's... But it's literally a father-son type thing. Mm-hmm. They were close, man. They were yeah. close, close. And I think the only reason why Lukaku did leave was because Conte left. If Conte would have stayed, there's no way Lukaku would have left. There's but, no way. But Conte left because he saw what was coming. Well, exactly. He That's knew exactly the thing. He knew exactly what was coming, so he doesn't want to deal with it, and I can't really blame him for that. No. I mean, uh, props to Inzaghi. He is doing a phenomenal job, but it's a different level coach. It's, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different so, thing. So, I, I mean, I, I can't blame Conte for leaving when it was a total disaster behind the scenes. Uh, as an Inter fan, I'm definitely happy that Inzaghi is hitting the ground running. That mm. stupid Lazio loss should never have happened, but it is what it is. We got three losses all of last season and still won. So, I mean, I'm not scared on any level. 
Exactly. Uh, and it is what it is. But I, I don't agree with Conte going either. I think mm-hmm. this is a weird matchup. Uh, I don't know what was promised. I mean, they must be promising him the world at this point because that's the only way you're going to get him. So, yeah, because I'm pretty sure Conte, I'm pretty sure Spurs, as soon as they fired Nuno, picked up the phone, Conte, what the fuck do you want? Yeah, what, what do, do you want? want? I'm sure I'm sure that they literally slid a blank check on that table and said, do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, enough is enough. I mean, Man U and Tottenham from a, from a, a backroom staff that uh, backroom staff standpoint is definitely they're definitely both nightmares. But yeah. at least with Man U, they buy players. They it may not fit into the system, but they spend money. Tottenham doesn't do that. Nope. Because so and Conte does not team. roll like that. Oh, Conte yeah. no, Conte, Conte, Conte does not roll like that. He needs to bring in players. He knows he you can't. He, he knows, knows the system and he knows what he needs. Yeah, uh, that's why he's so special, and that's why I find he's the second best manager in the world right now. <laughs> well, I don't I mean, know if he fits under that because I mean he's technically unemployed for now. But, yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I mean, listen, I, I don't know what the hell's being promised. I presume they're promising him literally the world at this point. I mean, yeah. So let's see be. what happens, but it's, you you got to give it to him if you want him. You have you can't you. You have to set the table and say, okay, okay, to everything he wants. Yeah, I mean, you have to at this point, especially with the. It was literally the biggest fuck you, probably. Probably Conte looked at his phone when Daniel Levy called him. He probably looked at his phone. It was like, I knew you were fucking gonna come back. Yeah, of course. the phone. I was expecting this call, Mister Levy. Uh, Mister Levy, he's fucking Levy's just pissed off. Oh, oh, honest, I mean, honestly, what would be great is that Conte kind of takes him for a ride and then says no at the last second. <laughs> Promises in the fucking world. Yeah, last second, and just never shows like up it. to sign the papers. <laughs> I don't feel like it. Like <laughs> th- 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 this is—it's strange. It's a huge missed opportunity for Man U. Uh, if oh, I were man. the fan base, I'd be fuming. Oh, especially that you went to a rival, one hundred percent. Like oh, your, your biggest rival, who <sighs> I don't know. It's it's gonna be hard to say if they're gonna be in the Champions League. But if they somehow don't make it to the CL next year, every team will be looking over their shoulder. Oh, 100%. If if Conte has a week to prepare for every game, like we saw he did with Inter, no one will stop him. Oh, 100%. Absolutely nobody will stop him. He, I mean, look, he's been to two clubs. I mean, from what I remember, he's been to two. I mean, even Juve, he's, he's always been successful. There's no... From what I can think of, he has never failed. And, I mean, I I think he's going to fail here. Sad. But, I mean, look. I, I think it's the contract that makes him fail. I don't know. We'll see. 18, like, what do you want him to do in 18 months? 18 months? Like, I mean, this the rest of this year, he's probably going to rebuild. He's going to probably want to rebuild in January and summer. And then next year, I mean, you can't really expect him much this season. I mean, if you do, then you're just a straight idiot because it doesn't take it. This Spurs team isn't like it's like, I mean, yes, they have somewhat a good squad, somewhat, but their defense is in shambles. Uh, I mean, in shambles, Eric Dyer is your starting center back, which I fucking hate. Uh, Hugo Lloris, I mean, is good. He's still pretty good. Uh, but, I mean, they need a better, they need better goalkeeping. Uh, they have... 
I don't mean to cut you off, but it is coming through right now. Uh, Fabrizio Romano is confirming that he is accepted until yeah, well, 2023 June. And yeah, he's expected to have $100 million uh, <laughs> for January. <laughs> so does, does this mean we're going to make another $100 million team? Uh, I was going to say, I was going to get to that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it's all flying through right now on Twitter. Uh, I'm down. I'm down to okay. do a $100 million Tottenham team. We'll, Look what we're going to we'll, do this we'll, time. We'll, we'll, we'll set it up for this week and we'll see what we can come up with. Look so, what we'll do. I will start. I, I, I already made the Instagram that we uh, already have an Instagram for us. Now, this time we should actually like post it and we actually s- will post it on Instagram. We'll say we'll also obviously make a podcast out of it because it's actually sick and we love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it's 100 mil. Okay, it's fun to do it. Let's do it. I mean, a hundred mil for January is a lot, but it's also challenging. And in the, in the in the concept of obviously prices are insanely bloated. So he's probably gonna maybe make two or three actual pickups. Yeah, especially for Spurs. It's not like Newcastle. Or Newcastle, they can get like these fifteen mil. Like, and especially Newcastle, it's a full team they have to change. Here, it's maybe like I'll probably get a center back, a wing back, a midfielder. And then it's like, uh, it's essentially just f- four players that they need. So apparently, like mm-hmm. I said, this is all flying in. So bear with me. This is probably all bull. But apparently, the primary targets are, are our boy Victor Moses. Of course. Arturo Vidal. Okay, of and, course. And uh, Qualiarella, which I do not believe. I don't know. I don't know much about the... I, well, he does make sense. I mean, he's he's almost forty as well. He's a solid striker, but he's not Ibrahimovic solid at that age. Well, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Anyways, like I said, this is all coming in fast. I'm sure so much of this is all bull, anyways. So it's like, it's like that. It's normal. The and, beginning. And, and this is technically coming from the Athletic, and like I said, uh, Romano, hmm. who has pretty much at this point. I mean, he's saying it. Let's be honest. Yeah. His track record is bulletproof. So if he's saying it, then it's definitely happened. Uh, so if this is true, Tottenham, I tip my hat. You have one fucking hell of a manager. Mm. Uh, give him what he wants, and you will get everything in return. He's proven it time and time again. Hundred percent. But in terms of these targets of Victor Moses, Vidal, and Qualiarella, I'm not sure. Especially Vidal, who right now is enjoying the hell out of his uh, football. He loves it. He's not at all the same he was even under Conte. He's really mm. enjoying it right now, and he looks tip top. So it's going to be a little hard to kind of want to get rid of. But we'll see what happens. Freaking um, Romano can literally come to me and tell me that I'm 20, I'm not 21, I'm 25, and I'll still believe the guy. <laughs> Shit up, uh, that guy. He's, he's, he's bulletproof, but I, I'm, I, I'm definitely 100% down to do this challenge of 100 million. Uh, whether or not we build a whole team like we did with Newcastle. With Newcastle, I, I don't know. Uh, I, th- I guess we'll decide those rules as we go along. We'll, we'll decide it tomorrow. And then we'll do another segment. We'll come up with one. I think it's going to be another fun it. one. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. But it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so let, let's take tomorrow to kind of think about it. We'll, yes, sir. We'll definitely start posting up our stuff on social media now that we have an account. Exactly. Uh, we'll absolutely love to hear from everyone, especially mm-hmm. over the last one and the new one. And uh, that's it. So breaking news right now is that it seems, you know, set in stone that Conte is taking over. So, I mean, this is 
big for the team. It's huge for the league as a whole because you have another world class manager there. Yep. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I, I'm hard pressed. Say it's a win win for everyone. You know, we're still in agreement that I, I don't agree with this move at all. But to each his own. Yep. Uh, personally, I love him, so I do ultimately wish him the the best. So I, I hope he wins something, even if it's not the league. I hope he definitely brings silverware. I mean, that's just what I want for him. I hope That's, not because the shithousery on them is fucking hilarious on Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I love it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a good club, but listen, mm. we'll we'll see. If if you're we'll if you're see. bringing him in, you know what he brings. Like I said, if it's true that he's getting a hundred million dollars, that means they promised him the absolute world. So if that's a hundred mil for the winter, God knows what next summer is going to be like. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. This we'll is see, a little man. shocking, so we're going to keep going through this. We're going to update people. If anything big happens, obviously, we're not going to wait until next week to, to jump on and talk. Exactly. But uh, we'll start calling it quits because I think it's been an hour and a half that we've been kind yeah. of Yeah, <laughs> it's been an hour 20. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll definitely call it uh, a, a podcast on the note of Conte taking over, allegedly. Yep. Uh, and we'll go from there. So we're going to start posting everything up uh, online on our feeds. We're going to get a $100 million team put together. We'll figure out the rules tomorrow. We'll keep everybody posted. Yep. And we will see you guys on the next one. I uh, just wanted to add, uh, if you guys are interested or want to support the podcast, uh, I've made it. The ins- I made the Instagram. It's uh, essentially just the Touchdown Podcast with uh, underscores uh, because they didn't have it without underscores for some, I don't know who else. Made it. Might have it, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's the underscore uh, touchline underscore podcast. It's So, just hit us up there. We'll be posting. We'll start posting here and there. Updates on uh, videos. Update, uh, videos. Updates on podcasts. Updates on this. News. Rumors. We'll be posting. We'll have fun with the account. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, uh, other than that, uh, I don't know if Mike has anything else to add. That, that was it. I mean, That's we're going to see where this goes. We're going to, now that our social media is kind of, Taking it up again, we're gonna focus on that as well. Build everything up, and they keep giving everyone the best experience we can give them uh, in the world of football. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. Tip of the hat to everybody. I wish you all a good night. Stay warm, and we will see you in the next one. Have a good one. Ciao Have a good one. <laughs>